0: Okay, guys, we've got our mic set up. Uh, Are you guys ready to do this? Got my yeah.
1: research, I'm ready. Got my water, I'm good.
0: Fantastic. Jesus, what's that sound?
1: Hmm.
2: You know, it sounds perhaps not unlike a uh,
1: rampaging uh-huh. horde. Uh oh, not again. Yeah. Huh. huh.
0: Wouldn't be the first time. Let's Wait, get it
1: stopped. Closer. It stopped.
0: Candygram.
1: Who is it?
0: Oh, I'll take a little peek when I...
1: Yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> that's interesting. It's pirates. Ah! Oh!
1: Whoa.
0: Yar, we be the pirates of the internet. Surrender your podcasts to us.
1: Oh. Internet pirate! That's a lot of internet pirates.
0: Yar, who do you think be the ones stealing those movies from the movie theaters and the studios?
1: Oh. All right. Huh. Okay. different but okay yeah well you do know that um our podcast is free right
2: yeah you don't actually have to pay a dime in fact if you want i can help you download an episode you can yeah you
1: don't really have to like you know steal it from us we or, no no
2: no no yeah be sure to like us on uh on you know facebook
0: give us you know, yeah mm-hmm. a social media presence too please that does put a damper in things, doesn't it?
1: it yeah, it Would you
0: like a free copy of Photoshop?
1: Oh,
0: uh, uh, we 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 probably shouldn't.
1: Yeah, this is recorded evidence. <laughs> Welcome, to Nerds on History, I'm Sarah Ashley.
0: I'm Eric Brickmont. And I am Brian Moriarty. And today's episode is brought to you by the letter P. Ha <laughs> ha! You thought I'd say R, didn't you? <laughs> brought to you by the letters R and letters I <laughs> and P. And and T. And uh, there's a vowel. Yar. To, don't make to, me to put w- the word irate in pirate
2: yay you guys are adorable you <laughs> yeah, guys are yeah. really precious it's a pirate episode you know
0: this year september 19th went by without me talking like a pirate so i'm kind of making uh yeah we do. were all <clears> very
2: <throat> disappointed in you brian and yeah i know you think this is making up for it and it's not but uh you you indulge you have fun you know we still
0: are shaming you i <laughs> have to do something <laughs> yeah I don't have another acting job lined up after the play I'm doing. <laughs> I need to have some sort of outlet. So, uh, how are you guys?
1: I am hanging in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's not feeling too great. She's a trooper for being here tonight. Thank you, Sarah. But
2: I'm I'm holding on to her.
0: You know, I'm, I'm I'm holding her up. Please don't, because it's actually making me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, please, I'll let go of your foot now. Please put me down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm great. I I had a vacation. And it was the first vacation I've had in like two years. It was actually relaxing. And I went to our cabin. Our, uh, my cousin owns a cabin up in Arnold, up in the woods. Uh, and it is beautiful up there. And she's very nice and lets members of the family use it whenever they want to, because she's only up there like once a year. And I went to Yosemite. And I went to places of historical interest, including Sutter's Mill. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I saw very those pictures. Nice. Very I went to cool. Sutter's Mill. I, we, if I could only now go back in time to our uh, them syphilis or be syphilis in the hills episode, or and uh, uh, the our
0: thing our thing gold. The thing about Rush John Sutter episode. is he was kind of an idiot. Yeah, yes. yeah.
2: That was a great. Those are great <laughs> episodes. If you haven't heard those, folks, if you're new to the podcast, go back and listen to that. And then in the part where I say, I think I said something to the effect that I've never been to Sutter's Mill. Uh, just replace that in your head with I've been to Sutter's Mill
0: and it's awesome
2: and it's great yeah uh i'll tell you you know what the most interesting part of that was is they had all these really fantastic little historical recreations of of some of the buildings that were nearby they have some of the actual buildings but most of them have since been torn down and there was one of a uh chinese uh chemist a chemist shop you know like a, like a drugstore essentially right and it was so beautifully recreated and restored it absolutely uh blew my mind and that that to me was even more interesting than the recreation of the actual lumber mill uh that is there at the site where where gold was first so to
0: be clear the mill there is there is not the original it
2: is not it is a it is a modern reconstruction based on all the photographic uh evidence from before and of course also the fact that it was a lumber mill and you know those aren't hard to figure out how to make. You're <laughs> <No, laughs> essentially lot of them. Them. making there were a, a rectangle a, with a roof on it. More or less. And yeah. yeah.
0: It's this very small rectangle at that. But
2: it's still very specific to the region, mm-hmm. which is, it was great. I had a wonderful time. How Indeed. are you,
0: Brian? Good.
2: On Good. a scale of one to, let's say, 47 and a half.
0: On a scale of 47 and a half? Yeah. From one? Yeah. 39 That's pretty good, I would say. That's, that's pretty good, reasonable. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, I'm it's nice when you pursue acting work <laughs> exclusively because you have a lot of freedom until the until the end of the month and you realize you have to pay bills. Um, but uh, you know, doing some freelance work as well, yeah, uh, which is nice, which is really, really nice. And that's actually picked up a little bit. So, um,
2: is it is it that you're providing Lansing? Lessons, you know, not fencing but lancing, you
0: know, just yeah, for free. Yes, like Eric. How to, oh,
1: that's, how that's not going to help to pay the bills. In
0: the most in the most literal sense, but yes. I'm, I am. I totally
2: I'm, thought you said fencing at first, and later it not yeah. make any sense. Free I am. Lansing I am
0: land. prepping a bunch of actors for the Ren Fairs. That's what I'm doing. Oh, that's <laughs> that's what. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not doing that at all. No, I'm. I'm uh, picking up from a little bit of my computer skills and uh, doing mm-hmm. some IT work for
1: freelance.
2: Yeah, you have
0: those. Yeah. Um, so, topic. Yeah well let's ask how sarah's doing i know she's doing okay but like other than like you know
1: other than not feeling great yeah um tell us how
0: awful you're feeling right now i'm not brian and i've
1: established we're great no i don't want to be depressing because (laughs) aside from not feeling awesome right now things are pretty rad i'm busting my hump at work um
0: you have an event coming up at work
1: we do have an event coming up um it's a big fancy gala event um but it's mostly uh, most of my job actually involves all the work after all the follow up from that event. But um, there there are certain initiatives that we're working on. I, I don't li- I don't like talking about where I work on the podcast, but I do work for a nonprofit animal shelter, and there there's a few initiatives that we have in the works right now that are taking off in wildly successful directions and. Like it it's just beyond anything that I could fathom, but it just means that there's a lot of work that involved that goes involved into that is, too. Is Bob Barker is he showing up? No. Is he dead?
2: He's not dead, right?
0: No, he's just no. very old. Okay. Yeah. Good. He's just <laughs> he's
1: just wildly old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um
0: and he's a black belt too, did you guys know that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. 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 I wouldn't want to mess with him.
1: Mm. Definitely not. Anyway. Uh so yeah, topic. Uh pirates and whatnot.
0: Mm. We have been waiting. A long time to do this episode well, I think and,
1: you, and you guys have talked about pirates tangentially
0: yeah. a yeah. couple of times yeah particularly we did one on <coughs> uh shang chi um yep we're or shang about- who is the she's one of our 10 badass women yeah episode. exactly she was so awesome also known as just madam chang um so and we'll, we'll definitely give a look, quick little recap of her as well because because she bears repeating because yeah. honestly she's just so awesome um so, yeah, I mean, why don't we first, I mean, we know we have a lot of listeners who enjoyed a little foray into nerds on words, so why don't we talk about where the word pirate comes from?
1: Yeah, uh, well, it definitely has a Latin root, that's for damn sure.
0: Uh, it's both Latin and Greek, mm-hmm. so the word pirate is derived, the English pirate word is derived from the Latin term um, pirata, which mm-hmm. is in their word for sailor, corsair, or sea robber,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that came from the Greek word, uh, I'm going to mess it up, Pirates? Parates, or also, um, more specifically, the verb uh, pyraomai, uh, which means I attempt. More mm. um, more or less, the word attempt referring to someone who makes an attempt on a ship. Attempt who to is, Who is attacking a ship. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also where the word peril comes from, incidentally. So they have ancient roots together. Uh, linguistically
2: now of course as many times uh c- certain words go back even further to the ancient egyptians in this case to the word permai which meant uh to to have an unfashionable beard <laughs>
1: and <laughs> You're that's a load of crap. Yeah. I can actually Oh, it's a steaming
2: pile, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. My
0: my BS meter is getting pretty good with Eric so I can kind of know when he's about to say something In, in fact, untrue. it's a little
2: pyramid.
1: The, the funny thing is, <laughs> yes, is, is is we can we can see the smirk on your face but the listeners can't so we yeah. have to clarify. I know, yeah. I know. I just I'm having my
0: fun. Um, good for you. But to continue, um so the word was actually the word pirate was actually first used in about the 14th century, circa 1300. Um and of course, really gained prominence in the seventeenth and eighteenth centuries, uh, as there was a lot of it going on, though of course, pirate. There was in that weird period where English was morphing from Middle English to Modern English, so yeah. uh, pirate was also spelled with a Y uh, for some spellings, and sometimes it was spelled with an I. Yeah, because yeah. everything was
1: wildly inconsistent back in the day when it comes to spelling. You can learn all about the history of the English language <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the Platypus of Languages platypus episode. Of languages yes, it is. Ah.
1: Such a good episode. That was so much fun. It's
0: great. But honestly, despite the word, piracy actually goes back 3,000-some-odd years.
2: Yeah, let's face it. I mean, essentially, as, as soon as people figured out that they could <laughs> establish trade routes. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, pretty much, yeah. Yeah,
2: then there was somebody there to cause problems and rob and try to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and piracy, well, in the traditional sense today, we see it almost exclusive to the ocean uh does also have its its foundations in on land really and if you think about it right you look to the mediterranean as kind of the uh the first place that you have actual recorded instances of piracy and the ocean at that or i should say the mediterranean sea which is really choppy very kind of uh tumultuous Area tumultuous? No, I'm going with tumultuous. I think it sounds <laughs> a lot better. Uh, you know, right? I'm writing my own dictionary. Just, just live with it, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a very turbulent area of sea. Did not, uh, did not do well with many ancient civilizations. The ancient Egyptians hated it. They called it the Wadjir or the Great Green, and it, and they feared it. Uh, even the, the cultures that you know on the Isle of Crete. Uh, and the Minoans and other very, you know, seafaring people still didn't venture too far out to the middle. Yeah. So so where are you going to go? I mean, what what are you going to essentially stick to to stay
0: safe? You're going to stick to the land that's around you. Yeah, exactly.
2: So when trade really begins to establish, and the ancient Egyptians in particular really took advantage of it, right? They were the ones who kind of monopolized the trade routes of the early Mediterranean about, to your point, about 3,000 years, even before that they had a very consistent system going. They had ships that were constantly traveling in and out of port, stopping a long ways. And if you're a farmer who is set up not too far from the shore, maybe a couple miles inland, uh, or maybe you're a fisherman and you're watching these ships travel by day after day on a set schedule in many cases, how tempting is that to not want to leave your kind of meek and meager existence and want to profit off of something that you know's coming soon. And that's really honestly how piracy started. It was people who didn't have, uh, you know, money of their own who wanted a quick buck. So they kind of banded together, got in a little raft or a little, you know, primitive boat, went out there and took advantage of the fact that they knew their local area. They knew how to hide in all of the the local shores and and along the kind of rocky out croppings along the Mediterranean, many places along the Mediterranean, especially up in, uh, you know, Greece and um, uh, what is now modern day Italy, Southern France, Spain. These are all perfect places where people could kind of hide out and lie in wait for a ship to come by. Sure. And, and those were the first pirates. Uh, and it's something that, you know, piracy is the kind of thing that doesn't really go away. It goes in waves, depending on the area that you're you're talking about, right? Yeah, I but mean it, it's, it's always kind of there.
0: It, it's you can almost argue, and I don't have any data to, to substantiate this, and someone may have already made this statement, but really, you probably would think about the rise of naval um, power in general was probably a response to trade routes to protecting trade routes. Well,
2: it Absolutely was. Yeah. Uh, you know, most battles, large battles, were fought on land. It just made more sense. It was easier to move troops around and you didn't have to worry about them getting caught in a storm and either A, delayed, or B, you know, put down to the bottom of the ocean and all of a sudden you've lost all your troops. Uh, So transporting troops via ship was not something you wanted to do as often, but keeping your trade routes protected, which was your source of income, that was a big deal. Well, and in
1: general, what you have with the navies is that a lot of, you know, there's a lot of coastal patrolling. That kind of goes along with that. Um, right. Now it's like coast guard, but um, but, and I'll talk about this more when we, when you know we get to my part when I talk about contemporary piracy. But yeah, you do you do absolutely see upswings in piracy when navies are a little bit more um, down yeah. when they're not patrolling as heavily.
2: Yeah, and let's be very clear at this time, pirates were the probably the truest form of a pirate. They didn't care who they were attacking. They had no nationality that they claimed, right? They were not employed per se, uh, not until the ancient Egyptians started taking advantage of that. And they would attack also inland as well. So you get your raiding parties together and you, you know, most big cities at this time were just a few miles from, from you know, the shore. Uh, or they had small satellite cities. You know, Rome usually had, or Rome had a small satellite city that was on the coast that it was essentially its, link to the ocean, link to, or to the sea, I should say, to the Mediterranean Sea. And these were all vulnerable targets. Yeah. Uh, And they they did quite a bit of damage. It's not to be underestimated. I know there's the more notorious famous pirates who've been recorded closer to modern history, but uh, these ancient pirates were a real nuisance. And perhaps no more so than to the ancient Egyptians. And I know that's kind of my thing, but it's true. It is the honest truth. The ancient Egyptian empire was the largest and most powerful of its time. And they had a serious problem with some of these pirates banding together to more or less try to topple the entire empire. And we've talked about these folks briefly in the past, uh, and they were referred to as the Sea Peoples. Okay. So we use the plural, peoples, because they were not a single uh, ethnic group uh, or you know, cultural distinctive group, right? They were all of these different people from the Mediterranean. Uh, And it's impossible to tell exactly where they all came from, Uh, but we know that they banded together in these loose confederations, and it's quite possible that it's at this time that the the pirate code really kind of had its first spark, that it may have started to come together. Because to bring that many people with uh, so many different backgrounds together, they have to mutually benefit from that, and there needs to be some sort of agreement among them as to how exactly that's going to go down. Because they were hitting some big targets. Huge Egyptian trade vessels full of, uh, you know, their loot, right? So so trade goods. And also Egyptian coastal cities, uh, places like Alexandria, which had deep history and deep pockets to go along with it. So, you know, during the time of Ramesses III, which is you know, uh, was it was about 11th century BCE. You've got them in their most powerful form banding together, hundreds of them, hundreds of ships, thousands of sea peoples invading uh, through uh, what is now modern day Libya. So kind of, you know, jumping shore at, at that area and then invading via land and then also attacking via sea and trying to topple the Egyptian empire. And, and, and it's quite possible that, you know, before they attempted that, the fall of like the Hittite Empire, which is another very powerful empire at this time, was almost certainly in response to their constant harassment and attacks into their territory and the debilitating effect that it had on their empire's economy. So this was not to be, you know, underestimated. And it's no big surprise that Ramesses III, at his mortuary temple at uh, Habanat Medu, you know, talks so prominently about this war that he's fighting and the fact that they very nearly lost. You know, the, the, the Egyptians were not the best maritime sailors. They commanded the river, but when it came to the Wadjuir, to the Mediterranean, they they didn't do terribly well there. So it was really just the fact that these sea peoples had to come on land if they were really going to topple the empire and loot it for everything that it was worth that allowed the Egyptians to have any kind of advantage on the battlefield hmm. and, and thankfully they did beat and defeat them off and it was a huge triumph for Ramesses the third um the egyptians referred to them not as the sea peoples that's that's a more modern term that has been applied to them uh, the ancient egyptians called them the nine bows and there's a lot of ideas around how and why that kind of name came into existence um too too much to kind of go into in a in a short introduction into this part of the topic. Sure,
0: but I mean it's also worth noting though because the same peoples you're referring to didn't just attack Egypt. I mean they were they were
2: no they they attacked the Mitanni and they attacked uh you know um the Mycenaeans and they well, pretty much toppled the Hittite Empire. I mean really they yeah. were
0: a serious force to be dealt with. Well, not just that, but they also were pretty heavily uh, present in the Aegean Sea too. Yeah. Right, and unless the Hittites—I mean, I'm, I have to admit, I don't know geographically where the Hittites were, but I feel the like Hittites, they were. More...
2: If you if you imagine where uh, Turkey is now, okay, so that was kind of the the between um
0: between Europe Turkey and, and Syria meet yeah.
2: on a border. Yeah, that was right near the the furthest extent of their empire.
0: Got it. So the Aegean Sea would not be far from that at all, um, and you know you are talking about even gosh there are reports of pirate attacks in the 3rd century BC in Olympos, and uh, which is modern anatolia yes um, in the roman republic and uh, you know there was constant raids in the adriatic sea as well um, because of the illyrians <laughs> you know so it's um and, and
2: i misspoke earlier it was actually the 12th century BC 12th century me. BC yeah. uh, but i'll yeah. say that i'll say this the ancient egyptians you know they they weren't dumb they realized when they had an opportunity to take advantage of a certain group of people, they were going to do it. Uh, and so while they villainized them as the enemies of this war that Ramesses was fighting, they also took the opportunity to hire them as mercenaries. And this is one of the first examples, if you will, of privateering in that the ancient Egyptians actually uh, paid yes. some of these guys off to stop you know, raiding their cities and and trade group uh, trade lines and instead going yeah. and attacking their enemies for them.
0: Very much how like an ambassador in... Uh, Middle Ages Europe slash Renaissance Europe was essentially a legal spy. A privateer is a legal pirate. <laughs> basically, it's yeah. You are committing acts of piracy, but you're doing it because against uh, almost as an act of war against an enemy, <clears throat> basically versus uh, uh sorry, it's under the jurisdiction of a country who views that other country as an enemy. Yeah. So uh,
2: the last thing I'll say on this, and it is quite uh, significant. Uh, We've talked about this very briefly in the past when we talked about the history of Akhenaten, the kind of rebel heretic pharaoh of ancient Egypt, right? Uh, He had a very well-documented correspondence uh, between him and another foreign leader at that time, and it's known as the Armana Armana Letters. Uh, I believe it was the king of the Hittites, if I'm remembering correctly. And they have several discussions, actually, around piracy, uh, which predates this. Uh, these events of the sea people finally coming together and attacking. um, Interesting. Egypt. So this, this is before that when they were not a confederation, not all together and banded together, but they were talking about the, the nuisance that it is to their two empires uh, a couple hundred years before it's, or about 150 years or so before um, the collapse of at least one of them, the near collapse of the other. Wow. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. So pirates, they go back. They go back a long freaking way. No hunter-gatherer pirates strangely, strangely <laughs> enough. that's a, That's a shame, really. Yeah. Missed well, opportunity. I
0: think at that point, we probably were not as inclined to go into the water unless we were fishing. Well, so. don't yeah.
1: forget. I mean, there actually is such a thing as river piracy.
0: Oh, it's a
2: huge thing, as, yeah. such as river And piracy.
1: so, I mean, maybe there were probably, like, hunter-gatherers who were, like, robbing each other's canoes or yeah. something like that on the river. <laughs> I'm, I'm not it's willing possible. to put it past anybody. <laughs> yeah.
0: More, more specifically, we're, when we refer to piracy in this context, because there's also air piracy as well, um, but more, we're talking more about maritime piracy, which is basically it's on a sea or on an ocean, a trade vessel is usually, or a... Uh, An official vessel of another country has been attacked by somebody who is not necessarily another country.
2: (laughs) Right. But river piracy is still on the water. So I believe it counts. Fair. And in fact, I'll reference it later. And Uh, lake piracy as well. (laughs) And you can't stop me.
0: Lake piracy? Oh,
1: lake piracy. You're
0: surrounded. How does that work? I mean, I I know there's some big lakes out there. Surprisingly well. Okay. Ness is
1: actually a pirate. Oh.
0: Um, and let's That's not fun. forget that as we get into late antiquity, we also have, you know, our good old friend St. Patrick was captured by uh, and enslaved by Irish pirates. And Julius Caesar as well. I know we're taking it back. Way back. One step. At Yeah, sorry.
2: But that is true. You know, Julius Caesar, 25 years old, captured by pirates and slavers. Uh, and it's important. So, I'm sorry, Brian, I know you're you're moving us forward in time. Forgive no, it's me. it's fine. Forgive me. It's fine. Uh, I just want to say that, you know, it's important to remember that, uh, the slave trade and piracy have always gone hand in hand. Uh, by the time we get to, you know, the time that you're speaking of, and then even further into the Mediterranean, it has evolved and changed differently. But initially, you know, your pirates usually took safe haven near these, you know, slave ports and slave centers because they were the ones out there capturing these ships, taking people into slavery, and then selling the slaves sure. to make a profit. And when they realized, particularly during the Roman period, like this is when you find that, um, uh, they, they got smart and they realized that if they were more careful and they took advantage of taking the rich and then ransom, ransoming them back to their families, they can make even more money. <clears throat> yeah. Unless they come across Julius Caesar, who pretty much gives him the finger, uh, and, and. Is insulted by the the amount that they're asking for him, and then actually doubles it and gives it to them instead, <laughs> and then leaves and comes back with 400 lesion and and murders them all and crucifies all. It was like 15 or 20 of the crew yeah. that took him. He he found them. You, and you can hear. Him all. I, I
0: I've heard this whole story before. I know, but, it's still, but it still it bears blows my mind. Beating, yeah, it's yeah. it's fun. Julius Caesar was a, a classic d- oh, <laughs> in every sense of the he word. Was a yeah, com- a classic old. Let's be let's be specific. <laughs> he was specific.
1: a cocky sob, is really what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, you know
2: it's interesting because that then starts a decline. <laughs> no surprise in piracy <laughs> during the Roman Empire. No, really? I know. Shock. Uh, and then as the Roman Empire collapses in the fifth century, that's when piracy comes back up. Well, years. collapses so and shifts
0: right. Right shifts more trans- to trans- the Byzantine Empire. The,
2: the, the in the traditional sense, yeah. The Roman Empire ends.
0: Right. Right. In the sense that we know it from the ancient sense, yes. Right. As we get into late antiquity, piracy doesn't just go away, but it, it evolves. It becomes less about, like you said, the pirates on the Mediterranean seas and then the Aegean seas. And we get more into, you know, our good old friends, the Vikings. We oh, I love them. We haven't really talked about the Vikings, but you know, they're the big tall dudes with, you know, blondish, reddish hair. And and no horns on their helmets. And no horns on their helmets, exactly. Thank In you. In fact, for, I think
2: there's only been like a handful of actual Viking helmets that have been discovered and recovered in any kind of uh, state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think only two have ever been found intact. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were very simple. Yeah. They, they were There were pots with a place to keep your nose from getting broken. yeah. A little, well, a, yeah, little and, guard that came down. And
1: as the great historian Mel Brooks let us know, they themselves actually had horns Right. And that the helmet sat affixed near the horn. Right. So it looked like the horns were part of the helmet, right. but not quite. Of course, exactly.
0: because um, as we all know, the Vikings are actually the descendants of the ancient Minotaur. So <laughs> moving on. Um, as we get to the Middle Ages, uh, as I was saying, so like I said, we have the Vikings. We don't just have the Vikings, though, because the Vikings certainly attacked, uh, you know, obviously they're Scandinavia, so Northern Europe would have been their playground. But they actually went into Western Europe too, and they went back down as far as Seville. In fact, if you never go to Spain and you notice there are some red-haired Spaniards, you can pretty much figure out why that is. Yeah. <laughs> because the Norse invaded there, and they invaded as late as the ninth century. Um, so you know, there's night- a
2: lot of Viking DNA yeah. floating around out there. Yeah, oh,
0: definitely. But they also went into North Africa and Italy too. So that explains why you have you know red-haired Italian. Uh, Descendants and um, the Baltic Sea, obviously, Um, but I would say they even went as far back as they even reached Persia too. So it's kind of like they they definitely did some damage across. But the red hair from Persia was already there. And that is actually well I mean, documented. We
1: can't give the entire credit for the entire ginger <laughs> population of the of the world. All the credit just to the Vikings. I'm sure there were other genetic anomalies that actually, created red I, hair. I, I
0: do postulate that the ancient <laughs> Irish were actually albino because they got the dark hair from the Spaniards or from, slash the the Arabs. They got the red hair from the Vikings. And so what what were we other than that? Just blonde hair, blue eyed, like very pale pale skinned peoples.
1: There I also mean, still are a lot of blonde Irish yeah, people say. too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> genetics are a crazy thing. So let's just move right along.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. There's more genes that go into how tall you are than with, what your uh, skin and hair colors look like. So interestingly enough, the one other thing I've known, I do want to talk about is that um, in this theme of the Viking pirates, um, there were some Frisian pirates who were led by a rumor, Joart Hoop. Or sorry, that's what they were known as. Uh, and they were led by Pierre Guloff's Donia, and yelled, uh, Yelkama. Yelkama. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were. were. Took the words right out of my mouth. Whereas uh, I used to
2: call him Gary.
0: They, <laughs> Gary. Well, they, they engaged with the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V. Not to be mistaken for the Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Emperor, which we talked about way later on, as it was Europe's way of trying to maintain the Roman Empire, but it really wasn't. Yeah, um, it,
2: was, it was Roman Empire-
0: Entitled entitled alone, basically. Yeah, it was the diet. Yeah, me. Charles V was also the king of Spain, uh, by the way. And we talked a little bit about him in the Mad Monarchs episode, by the yeah. way. Yeah,
2: not so. not entirely uh, stable.
0: Nope. But apparently, he was also not so stable with fighting pirates, because they actually did do some damage with his uh, right. fleets as well. So you also have, toward the end of the 9th century, Moorish pirates um, who attacked southern France and northern Italy, um, you've got Arab pirates, um, who incidentally, since you mentioned Crete earlier, yeah, uh, in the 9th and early tenth century, or, or, or I would say early 9th to mid tenth century, had established an emirate on Crete. They raided the, the entire Mediterranean, and you um, know,
2: you know, North African pirates were no joke. Yeah, like these guys were serious, mm-hmm. and they were they were battle hardened, and they were oftentimes, you know, absolutely re- relentless. In whatever it is that they they put their hearts to, yeah. So I mean, they were a serious force to be reckoned with for
0: the time. Yeah. Basically, I mean, I could go down the list here. There were Slavic pirates uh, that uh, that invaded Dalmatia. There was, um, <gasps> yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Really? Those poor dogs.
2: Did they kill all one hundred and one <laughs> of them?
1: They were led by um, the the evil pirate Deville.
0: Oh. Yeah. All. They they as it turns out original dalmatians were all white and then they took ink and just like splattered it on them there you go and yeah. it stuck genetically it I believe they, they needed their pelts to create their sails can you imagine i think there are, i think there are, in <laughs> addition horrifying. to pirates I think, I think in addition to pirates there's some trolls in this building right now <laughs> cuz we're we're kind of messing with the audience okay, so case in point like as we go through this i mean we we could just go on and on here about the the middle ages but what i really wanted to hit Yes. Eric was raising your hand like I, you're a third grader. I, well,
2: I, can I go on for one moment oh, more? Oh, please. Please, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so in in, in doing our research, uh, we did come across a few kind of tangentical topics that we wanted to kind of throw into here.
1: Tangential?
2: No, tangentical. <laughs> I don't think you heard me correctly.
0: Um, I think a ten, ten, uh, tangentical is it's the the limb of an asymmetrical squid okay. or octopus. Yes. Sure. So it hangs out on a tangent, hence it's, a, it's yeah. a tangentical. That's right.
2: At this point, I'm just screwing with you guys. I'm just
0: words on purpose. But I'm, I'm impressed that I came up with a definition of that. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that you said a, a tentacle or a limb, because I was thinking of a different body part. Uh, well,
0: oh. Well, you no, know. No, 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 no. No, that sounds, oh, that sounds horrifying. Please continue
2: before yeah. I go. <laughs> if I may go on a Tangent. For a moment.
0: Uh, <laughs> Take your gen- tangential. <laughs> uh,
2: the the Byzantines had a very interesting way of, of fighting on the ocean.
0: You mean the ancient napalm that was Greek fire? Yeah. We this gotta, thing's we gotta amazing. Because
2: you can't talk about pirates without, in some way, talking about explosives, right? I mean, pirates have existed before gunpowder, but let's face it, it was mostly boring uh, <laughs> except for these guys,
0: they were essentially people just flacking each other with pointy objects. But once they had gunpowder, then it got real.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> became much more interesting. Here's the thing: the the Byzantines were not the only one to develop this type of napalm. If you, like, like like Brian said, right? It, it actually the original recipe most likely started with the Greeks and then was inherited much later down. So
0: was the, the Byzantines kept it a very tight secret? They did not actually reveal the recipe.
2: And I don't know if any
0: recipes have ever been recovered no, because... No, it, it is one of the best mysteries about ancient artillery is yeah. that we don't know what it actually was.
2: It's, it's most likely believed to have been made from pine resin, quick lime, uh, calcium, uh, phosphate, uh, sulfur, uh, and a variety of other stuff that may have been thrown into the mix. In
0: other words, real nasty stuff. In other words, some heavily flammable minerals were mixed with oil. And they thought, let's spray this out of a cannon." out of a tube and see what happens
2: well you know the the Greeks almost certainly were the ones to first start lobbing it before they actually started you know shooting it out of these these but they did
0: have essentially water cannons which was pretty impressive they They were basically ancient flamethrowers folks
2: we're going to get to that Yeah, Uh, but initially they were were kept in these uh, you know vessels and they were an excellent siege weapon uh, because this stuff you know is highly combustible not just flammable but combustible right it's it and it explodes and spreads all this flaming material mm-hmm. out all over the place so it's great for weakening uh you know the stone walls of castles and what have you but where it really gets cool to brian's point right is what the byzantines managed to do with it and they did they built a gigantic uh you know squirt gun like brian said to to shoot this stuff out and you know, I'll I'll show my fellow nerds a diagram of of what it looked like. It's it was...
0: essentially a crank-powered super soaker, folks. Yeah,
2: right. So you, you have your container holding this stuff, uh, connected to a pump that would pump the air in to create pressure, and you had a valve, you know, to close it off at the at one end, but you had to heat the material to get it to a point where it would be at least their mixture where it would be flammable. So they would probably be heating it at the same time over coals. And once they got it to the, the perfect temperature where it would ignite with a with an open flame, that's when they opened the valve, let it go through the nozzle, which was, you know, fashioned in such a way that it would enhance the pressure that was already there and produce a long flowing stream. Not one that's going to, sp- you know, spurt all over the place and cause the fire to spread onto your own ship. Uh, and then you had a, an oil lamp or what have you underneath it to ignite. And they put these on their ships. Yeah. Made of wood. (laughs) I mean, they're all made of wood. But the point is, who the hell thinks to put this on their wooden ship?
0: Very brave men.
2: And they're just squirting fire out all over the place. And it's absolutely incredible. And they even had a portable version, a small version that could be carried on the back. The first flamethrower in history uh, that could be used in, in battle. The proto-Ghostbusters were. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Almost certainly some some pirates went and got, you know, burned.
0: Uh, Most definitely the pirates met those flames. Um, And of course, I mean, yes, yes, if we're going to talk about that, we should probably talk a little bit about gunpowder too. But I think we probably want to save gunpowder. We'll save that for later. For later. We haven't gotten that far yet. Definitely. We're getting there. Yeah, we are are definitely getting there. Though I absolutely appreciate your contribution there. Oh, thank you. What's a good discussion without munitions, right? That's right. So,
2: fire, despite what Frankenstein's monster would have us believe, uh, fire good.
0: <laughs> fire, fire good. Yes, fire good. <laughs> fire good. Um,
1: well well said, Eric. Well said.
0: <laughs> what I'd like to do now, if that's okay with you guys. It's not. It's not. But we're going to okay let
2: you do Sarah. it anyway because we realize we're powerless in this. <laughs> <laughs> mm. mm.
0: mm. um, I'd like to actually like to jump around a little bit because get up stretch your legs it's fine i because well, i mean once we get I'll into cypress hill because everything <laughs> we've been talking about now has been in predominantly in europe and also predominantly in the old just old world in general right yeah yeah, yeah so because yeah. uh, even if we talk about you know the chinese pirates which of course they've been dealing with piracy for just as long as oh yeah the western world had um basically i want to get to the good stuff Which is the Caribbeans. Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. What?
0: Thanks, Brian.
2: Just invalidate everything I just
0: said. I didn't mean it that way. I'm just saying that, you know, if you have to rate piracy, like some of the best known pirates that we refer to come from this period in time.
1: Real quick, I have to clarify my joke. I said Cypress Hill. I meant House of Pain.
2: Oh, I got where you were going. I think our listeners will forgive you.
1: Yeah, I just, I could not let that go. Like, that was a glaring mistake on my part. And I got to just say that I, I said it, the words came out of my mouth, and I just had to retract it. It's okay. It's a bit tangential,
0: but that's all right. Yeah,
1: I'm not feeling great, but I just really wanted to clarify that joke. Okay, go no, on. No, we understand.
0: And another angry hate mail email has been deflected. Dan, add on me. I'm not going to write this letter because Sarah apologized. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, because as we get into the new world, the discovery of the new world, which is we're talking about the edge of the 15th and 16th centuries, we obviously have trade going on because we find out, oh, there's things of value here. And then when I get back to Europe. Um,
2: like gold and people.
0: Right, because we're talking about the age of exploration and not just the new world, but as you, as we've kind of talked about before, Europe is expanding all over the world. They're creating yeah. colonies in Africa and India and all over the and place, the slave Asia.
2: trade at this point has
0: begun to boom. Exactly. So with lots of that expansion, you're actually going to have lots of vessels going across the seas to go eventually back to a port that was in power by the crown, whether it's the crown of Portugal, the crown of Britain, Sp- the crown of Spain. Spain, obviously. Oh, yeah. Or just the English Channel, even. Um, something as simple as connecting Britain to the rest of the continent. So you're going to get piracy happening because just, there's just the opportunity there. There are pretty much, there are sailors there who know how to use a boat, who probably know how to use a sword. And at that point they're just like, well, this is going to be easier than me trying to fish. So let's do it.
2: You know, if we, if we take it one level deeper than that, what you ultimately get into is the fact that the slave trade, while it was booming and very popular for the country's, uh, you know, that were involved in it, like the Dutch in particular, you find that that's all good and great for them, but the actual sailors who were involved in this, some of them it took a very heavy toll on. Uh, many didn't care about the the human lives that they were freely trading and, and, and capturing, but many of them died as a result of doing it. Uh, if you were uh, on board a slave ship, your chance for survival was actually... Uh, lower than that of the slaves that you were transporting
0: right cuz the slaves had the least were guaranteed being fed because they had to be alive when they got to there
2: they were you know as horrible as we know it to be today they were property and they were and they were treated as as what they were at the time which was valuable property yeah uh whereas these sailors who who signed on got very little pay uh and were in terrible conditions many of them died of disease uh or of other, you know, situations, you know, trying to put down slaves who were revolting or, or what have you. And, and, you know, you know, many of them said, screw it, forget this. It's not worth it, but now I'm out of a job. I've got tons of experience with sailing, uh, but what am I going to do? And many of them then turned to piracy Mm -hmm. as did also sailors and soldiers who were being paid pennies or shillings in this case, but hardly any shillings, and found that they were simply not making enough money in places like the British Royal Navy uh, or in in you know the the Spanish fleet that was you know coming back and forth, and therefore they they signed off and signed right on with the pirates. They were making more mm-hmm. money that way.
0: And folks, we did give you a little bit of a tease because we're actually going to pause the episode there. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got a two-parter.
2: We got some golden age piracy coming up next.
0: And lots of more So, <laughs> and then, and the, eight, in fact.
1: And then we're going to end it on contemporary oh. piracy, and I might actually say some stuff. Yeah. What? What?
2: Sarah's going to talk in this episode?
1: What? Amazing.
2: <laughs> you can't have that.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> You don't don't you
2: silence me. Yeah, the <laughs> listeners cannot see the face that Sarah just made, but it was really no, funny. But it was
0: very feminist, and it was very... <laughs> at me. So It um, was
1: very Sarah. Damn that out of me! I <laughs> <laughs> hate <Hey, laughs> Brian Moriarty! It was a Sarah face, is what it was.
0: Oh, at this point. All right. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we go ahead and launch into some of our feedback, then.
1: This week in Listener
2: Feedback.
0: Uh, we actually got quite a bit of feedback in the last month. We got a ton of so thank you guys for, you know, when we ask for it, it certainly pours. It um that doesn't that doesn't that's a mixed metaphor, isn't it? It really is actually. Yeah, I don't. Asking you shall receive.
1: If you build it, it will rain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish that could be the episode title, but it makes no sense nope. com- <laughs> compared to the rest of.
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> if now, if we were
2: doing it, an episode on Noah's Ark, like that would that would have been perfect.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. That's how you tell the Noah story. Ooh, you have
1: it. Build it. Wait, real if quick. You build it. it will that's rain. actually an interesting topic idea is Ark mythology.
2: That would be interesting. Ark and
1: flood mythology, because there's a lot of it.
2: Oh, I love me
0: some flood mythology, you know.
1: Yeah. Anyway, okay. right back
2: to Mesopotamia. Ooh, I love
1: it. But that's a that's a for a different day. <laughs> I love it.
0: Uh so our first piece of feedback. Comes to us from Shark Girl Rach. We read part of it on Nerds on Film, but it's mostly directed to Nerds on History, so we're going to read Ryan, it. Ryan,
2: you shouldn't be reading listeners' names out. Both Shark Girl first Rach and last Shark Girl. Shark
0: Girl Rach. Rach? Oh come on! I am sorry, Rachel, Shark Girl. Rachel. I believe it's pronounced um, Shark Girl. Who her name is Shark Girl because she just digs sharks, like oh. like the animal, not like the the hockey team. Um, she states, "I have been listening since the beginning." Uh, of the year, originally to Nerds on Film to assist in my film studies at university. <laughs> that's <about> probably that. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably not particularly helpful, is it? <laughs> wow. Uh, um, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for that, by the way. Brian uh, if you were and expecting a Sean and Sarah comment, and
2: Roxy, not me, take responsibility for that F.
0: Yeah, uh, which we, did, we said the same thing on the other podcast. Um, uh, but soon started to Nerds on History, <laughs> and ha- it has taken over my life. In a good way. I can't stop listening to you guys, and the addition of Sarah to the podcast ensures even more hilarity. Oh, Aww. yes. I love history and can't get enough of it. Especially, sorry, I especially love hearing about American history and ancient history, having grown up in England uh, where we rarely see learn anything outside of Europe. Mm-hmm. Keep up the great work. I will be listening. Only 10 more episodes until I'm up to date, so I look forward to more history goodness in the future. Uh, I would love to hear uh, about the history of skulls in pop culture.
1: That Ooh. is an interesting topic and a long one.
0: And that's what she is currently writing her dissertation on. And really? she hands it in next week. That's uh, this crazy. this was back, actually back in March, so it's probably being she's probably defending her dissertation right now.
1: Yeah, so uh with an
0: actual skull in one you know hand. So
1: if you get the seal of approval on your dissertation, just send it to us, and that way we don't have to actually do the research. You know, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm actually going
0: to one up you, Rach. If you if you get awarded your PhD, let's let's talk about having you on the show. Seriously, we'll figure out a way we can make this work via Skype. Like,
2: yeah, let's do it. And I want to talk. I want to talk about skulls in general. <laughs> they're fascinating
0: yeah this would be pretty cool like we'd be awesome to have a, a listener who is a phd at the same time also on the show because you've only had one phd before and that was more of a publicity agreement
2: i'll even bring my father's collection of skulls they're mostly animal okay
1: okay well nobody on the podcast like nobody who's listening to the podcast can see them so just take I pictures know. no
2: know? no 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 i think that it would be nice if they watched us you want? What?
1: Let's move on to the next one. Let's move on. Let's oh, move right. on.
0: <laughs> Do you want to take the next one, Sarah?
1: Sure. Um, this one is from Sean, uh, subject 30 years war. Oh, God. Uh, I, I started listening back in November 2015, almost to the backlog. I must say, you've, you've found your groove. The podcast has been one of my favorites. Uh, Bring it back to the subject. The 30 Years War has been brought up once or twice in user suggested topics, and I would like to add my voice to that chorus. The 30 Years War was a seminal moment in European history and, that, and shifted several paradigms that would have long-lasting effects and helped set the stage for the imperial era of Europe. Hope Good. to hear about the subject from y'all in the future and keep up the quality work.
0: We agree with you, Sean. It also shifts hundreds of pages of research to do that episode, because it is a massive topic. Um we, we actually were planning on doing yeah, it a couple I was months say, ago. We'll pull
2: the curtain back for you for a moment. Yeah. Uh we, we, we really tried
0: and <laughs> the look of oh. it was, there's just so much that happened. It <laughs> but, you was know, it was
1: really dense and some of us some of us got headaches.
0: My nose started bleeding, I'll admit was... to it. <laughs> I had
2: this pain in my left pinky toe and it's still there. I
1: know. Yeah, it's it's one of those I think ones. Think you just that... have a fracture. Dude. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, crap. I think it's one of those ones that we want to do it, but we need to be really explicit and probably more well thought out ahead of time. On it, it on... would easily
0: be if we did it, it yeah. would easily be two months of of our show because of just there's so much if, that goes. If on. we
1: decided to go into that level of detail, I mean, you guys were able to do the Roman Empire in two episodes, so I feel like we could do it. It would just be a very top level experience. Yeah, I think we should
2: find like, you know, what it's niche. We should find something within it to focus on, like the hats of the 30-year war. Oh, my war. God. <laughs> but in all seriousness, no. I, I think we should find uh, a, maybe a less traditional avenue to explore within the 30-year war because it is one of those super well-documented topics, and not that we haven't done those in the past, but I think that would be uh, a nice challenge yeah. for us.
0: Personally, I would like to talk about the decline of the bishopric. Because was, there was a lot of them involved in the Thirty Years' War. And I'm getting that look. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Eric, and, and why don't
1: you read the next one? Yeah, <laughs> let's, uh,
2: let's do that immediately. Okay, this one comes from James and he says in his subject, Love the Podcasts uh, message. I've been listening for six months. Since I'm on the road, I listen often. I love the show on the Golden Gate Bridge and the King Tut Show. I listen to the show's on The Grandfather, and it was awesome. My only critique uh, is that, uh, and he kind of goes on for a little bit here, but he just gave us some great suggestions around uh, re- improving our audio quality, uh, which we are working on presently. Uh, so worry not, James, that is coming soon.
0: He continues, um, so though.
2: He does. He says, "Any anyway, I'd like to hear some history on a few things. Um, James Bacham Eds. I'm... Don't know if I'm saying that correctly. James Bachman Eads. Eads. Very good. Got Mm -hmm. close. Uh, He invented the iron class during the Civil War and also built the Eads Bridge in St. Louis in 1874, the longest bridge at the time using steel and arches. Another passion to me would is beer. Ooh, well, we had one of those, didn't we? we was that one of our first episodes
1: we were That was an early, early we, episode. It was
0: also one of our shortest. We, we've been wanting to get Sean back yeah. on to do a real yeah. in-depth beer episode.
2: I also have a friend who is, uh, has a micrometery who might want to come on and talk a little bit. That might be A
0: micrometery?
2: Yes. In fact, I have some mead in the house. We could actually crack it open for our next episode. I didn't that
0: think of that. That sounds like a... Why aren't we doing that now?
2: I don't know. I forgot. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyhow, It continues. <sighs> It would be interesting to do a show on the early breweries, such as Yi Lang.
0: It's Yingling, you idiot! Sorry, I couldn't let that one go.
2: Budweiser, Miller, etc. The origins and the accomplishments. Anyways, that's what I've got for now. Keep up the great work. I'll be listening.
1: And I want to point out that he included two happy faces, two little smiley emoticons in his feedback, which I certainly appreciate. I uh, do as well.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, I do want to actually mention one more because um, it was written on for us on the same day. Uh, it was, the topic was Isaac Newton's professor. So, Michelle talking about it more recently, our Isaac Newton episode. Uh, thank you for the podcast on Newton. It was really interesting and it reignited my interest in my favorite history topic, genealogy. It's always great to be a family. A story that one of my many great-grandfathers was a teacher of Isaac Newton, mm. and your podcast reminded me of it. I pulled out some old genealogy paperwork, and ha- that was done in the 70s, and jumped on Wikipedia, and in a few minutes later, I had the family story confirmed. It turns out that my ancestor Isaac Barrow not only was a mathematician who developed the fundamentals of calculus that Newton built upon, but he also founded the library. At Trinity College that was the master and was the master of the school.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. Thank you, nerds, for inspiring me to do that bit of digging. And thank you, 2016, for making genealogy much easier than it was in the 1970s. Signed, we usually don't name the last name, but because of the connection here, we'll go ahead and say it. Michelle Barrows. So thank you, Michelle. We really appreciate that. Um, A direct connection, because she still has a surname of her great-great-grandfather.
2: That is awesome. And I'll tell you, you know, folks, if you don't know a lot about your family history, do whatever you can to investigate into it. It's so enriching. You've heard Mm -hmm. us talk about this on the podcast before. Uh, The recent episodes of Brian's Grandfather is just a a wonderful example of what it is like to have that living history with you, but also go back and understand where you came from before that, because I'll tell you, uh, it's so enriching. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go on my, my on my ancestry dot com page, I think at this point there's fifteen hundred entries, people, mm-hmm. and like even my iPad can't handle it. Sometimes it's like wow. it, like I've crashed the app.
1: Yeah, my my grandpa used to do a lot of our family genealogy stuff before he passed, and there were and this was. I don't know, he started doing it in, like, the 80s or whatever, and he would print everything out, and so there were binders upon binders, yep. and and family trees, like, taped all over the walls of just history going as far back as he could trace. It was very, very fascinating.
0: All right, folks. Well, thank you for the feedback. Tune in next episode, not just for our email feedback, but also our social media feedback. To- Ooh! Ooh! Sarah, tell us... How can they give us feedback via email and through social media?
1: so uh, the best way to do it is if you tattoo your forehead, take a picture send Mm -hmm. it to us, that is really the most efficient way possible, but if you feel like going the longer route, you can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram just search for Nerdonomy, you will find us I promise you that, or you can go to nerdonomy.com click that talk to us button and it will shoot an email right to our inboxes it's awfully convenient, but not nearly as fun as getting a tattoo while you're on our website, if you feel like it you can hit our store, and maybe buy a t-shirt if you feel like it, or if you just want to flat out give us money and not get anything in return, you can click donate and give well, us. Well, they little get bit of
0: entertainment cash. in return. Where I'll give you air hugs. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, um, while you're on our website, you can find that we have a PO box. We also have um, a number if you want to call and leave us a voicemail.
0: Mm-hmm. That's pretty
1: rad too. Um, but the most important thing that you can do is tell your friends all about us, or give us a review on iTunes, or something like that. Just shout it from the rooftops. Tell everybody how much you love Nerdonomy, and nerds on history, yeah. and possibly nerds on film. Spreadeth thy word of nerd.
0: Uh, I do want to actually hit, we'll have to have him play it for the next episode. But our listener Jacob sent us a voicemail to our Google Voice account, mm. um, which is actually our number we use for just for business calls. So if you see the the number at the bottom of the, of the page, that's not it. It's the one on the top of the page. It's in the bigger, the one in bigger print. To, our, our, our goal is to make it as confusing Clearly,
2: as possible. Clearly, I know. For We've got to do something about that. Uh, let's, let's clarify. Yeah, so, well, it does say
0: for business purposes only underneath the phone number on the bottom. Which of the page. is
1: exactly
2: mm. what I would send feedback to.
0: But anyhow, so <laughs> um,
2: that's an off air conversation. Yeah.
0: Well, it's also in the greeting, though. I, I put it in a custom greeting and it says, hey, if you're going to give us feedback, great. Call this number instead. So, um, anywho. Anyway. That is a, disc- a conversation for another time. But until with that time, uh, we have to go. So until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com.
2: Bye. I'm not gonna say goodbye this time. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not.
0: Eric.
1: Goodbye. Later. Goodbyes are always hard. So, you said you got Photoshop? I mean, now that the mics are all turned off and we're not recording, right? You're
0: yeah, let's, let's, let's I, see what you got. You're, I got Photoshop, I've got Illustrator, I've got Whoa, Premiere. whoa, whoa, what is this crap? This is CS4! Oh,
1: get out of here! Get out
0: of here with this crap! Psh. Get back to the SS torrent, jerk. Well, that was awkward. <laughs>